You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. This is episode 723 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. On this week's show, we're talking to U.S. Equestrians Managing Director Laura Roberts for updates on the North American Youth Championships happening next week in Michigan. And then Karen Isberg tells us about the importance of supplementing electrolytes during the hot summer months. And we're also talking history of the North American Youth Championships with George and Roberta Williams. This is Reese Coffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Well, hi, Phil. How are you? You're a little under the weather, right? A little under the weather, yeah. That's <laughs> too too much travel. I guess just interacting with too many too many gross people. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Apparently, this is what you get when you go on vacation. Yeah. That's why you should never go on vacation. I'm sorry. Right. Just yeah, I stay to my own bubble and never go anywhere and never do anything. That's why we were never sick for two years. We didn't. We were never sick. We were good. So yeah, we were both on vacation last week. I went on vacation. You went on vacation. Uh, my I was just with my family at the beach. I it's our yearly trip, and I always enjoy going with them. It's super fun. But I did not see a lot of people. Uh, you were the opposite of the of the family beach vacation. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's uh, just uh, the European music festival <laughs> issue. Yeah, that, that, that's fun, but uh, I think I'm getting a little too old for for that situation. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I can't explain. Like, I got sick, and now my back hurts, and, and all these <laughs> problems. So. I, don't know. I think that's a, a young you. man's game. Yeah, that's not at, yeah. That is a young man's game. I think you're right, Phil. Like, <laughs> but we both had a horse show. So, uh, do you want to start? How'd your horse show go? This was before our our break last week. We had our we had our show, and then we had the horse show. How did it go for you? Yeah, I mean, it, it was good. It was a definite learning experience. You know, I talk about my. You know, I have a challenging horse to ride uh, and compete, who can be quite. Yep. Uh, spooky, you know, and I'm just, it takes a really long time to kind of figure out what's the best solve to these, to these problems. So, um, my coach actually recommended, you know, a different plan for him during this, yep. sh- during this, uh, competition. So she saw him go on, oh, on the, on the warm up day, we shipped him in and, and he was, he was just excited and, 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 you know, um, so she said, well, tomorrow, what we're going to do is we're going to bring him out in the morning. Uh, my ride time was at uh, three or four o'clock, I think. So she's like, well, what, what oh, we should afternoon. do tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we should do the schooling in the morning and then just a 10 minute warm up before you go in. And you're not even like you're not even going to canter in oh, your well. warm up. Okay. Right. So I was like, okay, you know, well, I'll, I'll do whatever you say. Yeah. I mean, you gotta, you gotta be opening to try, open to trying different things. But, uh, 
just a fourth level horse and a fourth level test and and i i i just went for it i i said okay yeah. i'll believe you and and uh, so it was a little it was a little nerve-wracking to begin cantering yeah around the, the ring first time <laughs> yeah while, while while i'm going around the ring you know right yeah, before you go right. in and uh and it actually worked out great so you know <laughs> yeah. what can i say hey that's why your coaches sometimes you do have to just sort of believe your coach and take yeah. and and try things i mean if it hadn't gone well then you would have learned okay this isn't gonna go yeah. well didn't, yeah, and didn't work but yeah as as usual or as always the coach was right and uh and so that's a that's lot of our time they are. a lot of times we're you are like as a coach right that's what your job is i think i had that discussion with someone earlier um sometimes the coach you may be a little bit annoyed or mad with what they're saying, but they have a lot more experience, right? Or a lot more understanding. Yeah. Of, just, and sometimes you just have to listen to them, even if you don't like it. <laughs> and just, I'm not saying blindly, like, I'm not saying you shouldn't question. I'm not saying you shouldn't do, but there are times where I think it's important to kind of, you, you trust in that person. And sometimes you have to realize like, yeah, maybe they have a little bit more knowledge of what you need. So I think that's really important, you know? So I think that's yeah. good. So, uh, yeah, I mean, good. Yeah, it wasn't the easiest thing to do, but uh, yeah, but I'm sure I, not. I, I did it, and it and it was successful. So super. Now now I have to do that every time, right? So I yeah. <laughs> you'll perfect it though. You'll perfect what you need to do for that, right? I think you'll yeah, yeah. you'll get that really yeah. really be open good. and willing to try things, and uh, yeah, I mean, if it if it didn't work, then you know what, what's uh, Know, what's wasted or you know then you can say oh you know that that didn't work or i tried that and it didn't work but yeah it just happened yeah. to work so that's i mean that's good good that's good so we uh, i actually had a really good show also this was a really good i mean this horse uh dares albert i've been showing him now for almost this is my second season with him and he didn't have a lot of experience last year and now he's you know we've been showing enough together where we have a pretty good relationship and uh, also been very specific about how I prepared him for shows and what horse shows I've gone to. Well, this last horse show now our our recognized show at the, is at the horse park in the big stadium. So they have to warm up. They have to, and uh, I actually like to haul in. It's just easier for me. I'm, I'm 10 minutes in the horse park. So uh, my horses have to call in, get off the trailer, walk to the stadium I have to get on them. And he was a superstar. He had uh, both, both 70, over 70%, uh, with uh, third three. So I was really proud of him and he went in there like a champ and handled the environment. And, uh, you know, third three is when it, it starts to get a little interesting, um, with the movements and, and so he's qualified now for regionals and, um, it was just, I was really proud of him. He was not happy when I got him ready on Sunday. He was like, I do not want to be doing this. And I was like, I don't either, but this is what we get paid to do. So get on the trailer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he was, he was a good guy and, and did well and really listened and tried to, tried to do what I wanted. I got super comments from the judges on how well he, how, tri how nicely trained he was. And it was really, it was really nice uh, for all of us, my whole team and his owners. Uh, so it was fun. So uh, really enjoyed that. So in general, it was a good horse show. My students all did really well. So it was all, it was all good. So it was a great show. So we loved all that. Perfect. Yeah. 
Well, we have a great USDF show for you. We're going to come back after this commercial break with the managing director of U.S. Equestrian, Laura Roberts. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Electrolytes. Who needs them? Your horse, that's who. Electrolytes perform critical functions within your horse's body. They help regulate nerve and muscle functions by carrying electrical impulses between cells. In addition, electrolytes assist the body in maintaining a healthy fluid balance by controlling your horse's desire to drink. When your horse loses significant amounts of electrolytes and fluids, problems such as dehydration, muscle cramping, fatigue, tying up, and colic may occur. Even in mild forms, these conditions can have a negative impact on your horse's ability to perform and recover after exercise. Top riders and veterinarians turn to Summer Games Electrolyte to keep their horse healthy in hot weather, and you can too. Summer Games replenishes the electrolytes and trace minerals lost when your horse sweats. And it stimulates the thirst response so your horse continues to drink and stay properly hydrated. So when the going gets hot, trust Summer Games Electrolyte from Kentucky Performance Products to protect your horse. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. Well, tonight we are very lucky to have Laura Roberts. She is the new Managing Director of Dressage at USEF. Laura, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm thrilled. We were just laughing because we're almost neighbors. You live here in Lexington as well. And I can't believe we haven't had you on the program before, but I want you to introduce yourself to everybody so they know how fantastic you are. Yep. So I am Laura Roberts. I'm the Managing Director for Dressage at U.S. Equestrian. I stepped into the role in um, March of this year. Before that, I was the Director of Dressage Performance and Event Support for five years under Hallie Griffin. So it's been a pretty, um, not easy, but um, (laughs) smooth transition into the role. Um, I feel like I was pretty well prepared for what to expect. And it's been exciting to be part of the sport in a different way for the last few months. So Laura, tell us, I mean, what you do is is amazing. So tell everybody, what does your job mean? Because you do literally everything. Yeah, so I oversee <laughs> the uh, USCF uh, dressage department. So I oversee all of our championships, all of the national and FBI rules, you know, input into rule changes and that kind of stuff. Oversee the calendar. I work with our marketing department on uh, press releases and things of those natures. Basically, anything U.S. equestrian that is dressage-related comes across my desk in some way, shape, or form, or a member of my team. Um, I've got a good group of people with me. Kristen Brett, who is our mastermind of Festival, she's our uh, dressage programs director. She's been with us for a long time now. Uh, Lauren Moore is our director of sport administration, and she helped handle our rule changes. She's been with the department for a while as well, and then we just hired... Sarah Hollander, who started in the Director of Dressage Performance and Event Support role, so my previous role, and she came from USDF, actually, so she's got some good knowledge into the equestrian world and the dressage world, and we're excited to have her. So yeah, my day-to-day, I work with them, and we um, help oversee all of dressage. 
Yes. And you also, you travel with the team, you do all the overseas logistics. Like it's a huge role. Yep. Yep. So I do all of our nation's cups, all of the logistics for those. And we're gearing up for Santiago this fall for the Pan American. So working on that, but also keeping in mind that Paris is only 10 months after Santiago. So working (laughs) on that as well. Oh my gosh. So tell us, just tell us briefly, like, what does that mean getting the team ready for the Pan American games? Yep. So we just named our shortlist about almost a month ago now, I'd say. And what we do now is we work with each of the riders to come up with a a competition plan for where they uh, plan to compete between now and uh, the team selection. We have to select our team by September 10th. So um, each of the combinations on the shortlist is required to do a either a CDI or attend the Festival of Champions at the end of August at Lamplight. So those are kind of our observation opportunities for riders. We've got two combinations that are in Europe, so they'll use European CDIs. One just came back from Europe and was able to do a CDI over there. So we've got people kind of all over the world um, yes. trying for the team. So it's just keeping in close touch with them and uh, making sure that their horses and riders are all still staying in shape and getting ready for that final team selection. Yeah. Right. Which is awesome. It's not normally in September, right? It feels like the selection's late this year and maybe that's just me. Uh, Pan Ams are late this year. They're normally in like July or August. Yeah. That's what I thought. It's more like Florida is the Pan Am kind of situation. Yeah. But it's a uh, reverse season in Chile. Oh yeah. So it's summer here. So it's winter there. So it'll be like their springtime when we're down there in October. Interesting. Interesting. So I just had a quick question about how, how do you compare scores from uh, an American CDI or, or North American CDI to a European CDI? We treat them pretty fairly. I mean, you know, they're, they're all run under the same FBI regulations. I think where we this year saw with, with the fact that Pan Am is so late, you know, the way the natural U.S. calendar works, we don't have any CDIs in the summertime. We kind of have a pause. So that's where we see festival as kind of stepping in as that equivalent to an FEI competition because we use FEI judges for that panel. So it, you know, we weigh them the same. That makes sense. So, cause festival this year is going to be huge. Right. And and that was one of the things we want to talk about was there's the, the addition of the U25. I mean, now festival has become this, a really amazing event. Yeah, so festival, we've got Para that's joined. We've got the seven-year-olds that have joined. U25, we've added to NAYC. We've always had the Brentina Cup at festival, which is our U25 division. But we are seeing a lot of growth in the interest of people coming to festival because NAYC is located in Traverse City, and it's not terribly far from the Festival of Champions, and there's only a week in between. Traverse City is very accommodating to us and allows the horses to stay for that week in between and then travel to Lamplight. And that's really helped keep people being able to do both championships, which has been nice to see. Yeah, that's fantastic. Because next week is Young Riders, which is crazy. It, it seems like seems like we were just there. It does. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't we just there? It has yes. flown by. I love it. And so that's where the new U25 division is coming in. Yeah. Yep. Excellent. And is that also for, for Phil, for your Canadian riders? Are the Canadian riders also coming at U25? Yeah, we've got, uh, we've got Canadian entries. Yeah, Woo! I was just gonna say. Yeah, I, th- I think that uh, yeah, we may may have a couple of Canadian U25 riders, and uh, I'm sure they're excited to to be included. Absolutely, yeah. and it, Traverse City's beautiful, and it's it's an amazing venue, and so that is fantastic. I'm I'm thrilled that that 
everyone's going to be there and it'll make it more of a complete youth championship. That's fantastic. I love yeah. it. So Laura, the one thing to, we wanted to talk to you as well is Debbie McDonald has stepped down as the team coach, but this is some could could lead to some great opportunity, right? Yeah, good. I think this gives us an opportunity to really not only set our sights to Paris next year, you know, like like I said earlier, we've only got 10, 10 months between uh, Pan American Games and Paris next year. It's right around the corner. But this really also gives us an opportunity to look forward. You know, we've got a home Olympics in five years. We've got LA 2028 is really right around the corner. We just talked about we were just in Traverse City last year. You know, before we know it, we're going to be in LA. So I think this is really an opportunity to look at our long-term plan of, you know, what the riders really need and what they are looking for now that Debbie has stepped out of that role. And, you know, it gives us a chance to evaluate that we're still doing what's helping our riders. And if we're not, then how do we change it? And it's, again, it's really, really an opportunity for us to look at not just the next year, but the next five years and beyond that. Yeah. That's fantastic. That is so cool. I mean, it, we have a lot of opportunities. We have so many horses and riders coming up. And uh, just running back to festival real quickly, that is a great place for someone to come and watch, isn't it? It is. It's a great venue. It's, you know, close to Chicago. It's easy to get to. There's a lot to do in the area. It's and The venue is really perfect for that event. It really, yes. like, we come in and it just fits that event so well. It's so nice to be there. You know, it's completely covered in trees, so it's nice and cool. It's it's really a great event. Yeah. And I'm sure there are VIP tents and available. That's super fun to sit there, but it's also really fun just to sit under the trees and, and watch. It really is. If you're anywhere close to that area, I uh, highly recommend you go to festival and see what's going on. And it's, it's, you know, you at one ring, you look at the Grand Prix and you turn around and you get to see young horses. I mean, it's just a fabulous opportunity for everybody. And um, mm-hmm. I, I highly recommend people go and see what's going on. Cause it's, it's an amazing event and it really does highlight dressage for us. It, so highly recommend. <laughs> well, Laura, thank you so much for coming on. Is there anything else you kind of want to tell anyone about what's going on right now at U.S. Equestrian? No, I mean, the horse park being taken over by pony finals right now. So that's Oh, my exciting. gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the pony no, finals have been taken over. <laughs> We've been taken over by the ponies. Um, <laughs> no, I think, you know, it's, it's an exciting time right now. August is our championship month. We've got three combinations at the World Breeding Championships right now. In Ermelo, Christine Traurig, our young horse coach, is over there with them. We've got NAYC next week. And then uh, two weeks after that, we've got our Festival of Champions. So it's a busy month that's going to fly by, but it's a lot of great opportunity. And we're excited for the future. I love it. Well, Laura, if anybody has any questions, how can they find you online? Yeah, so I my contact information is on the USDF Dressage page. My email is just lroberts, just like my name, at uscf.org. And I'm around and available for any questions people have. Well, fantastic, Laura. Thank you so much. And good luck this month. Thank you. Founded in 1973, the United States Dressage Federation has become the largest organization to represent a single Olympic equestrian discipline. At nearly 30,000 members strong, USDF is your connection to dressage education, competition, and achievement. Visit usdf.org to learn more about USDF education, competition and award programs, and to shop our online store. Again, that's usdf.org, your online destination for dressage. 
Well, we are so happy to have back on the show, Karen Isberg, president of Kentucky Performance Products and our friend as well. Karen, welcome back to the show. Oh, thank you. It's always fun to be here. We I love, love the Horse it. Radio Network group. And you know, I get a lot of um, phone calls and emails from the Horse Radio Network folks asking for help. So I really appreciate that. I, I love to help them. We love it. And, and, and truly, that is, Karen is amazing. She answers so many questions, not just for me, because we sent a lot of questions her way. And she's helped so many of my personal horses when, with weird things. Uh, but you're like that with everyone, truly, Karen. It's it's amazing. And, and that is one of the true reasons we love KPP is really, truly, you want to help every horse and every person. And uh, we're, we're really thrilled to have you as part of our team and um, and my personal team as well, because we ha- need you. And, you know, we have questions and right now it is so hot um, everywhere it is and we wanted to talk about the importance of electrolytes because um but you know you keep hearing out west it's hundreds of degrees and we we here in Kentucky have had a fairly nice summer I hate to say it but um you know can you talk to us about this because this is a real big deal right now well, it's absolutely, and 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 it's it's important for just about every horse out there, not just performance horses, but you know, electrolytes they perform really critical functions in the horse's body. Um, they help regulate nerve and muscle functions by carrying electrical impulses between the cells. And in addition to that, one of the main things that they do is they maintain a healthy fluid balance in the horse's body, and and it also it, it controls their desire to drink. So when a horse becomes dehydrated, when they don't drink enough, it actually turns off the thirst response. So then the horse is really in trouble because then they don't feel like drinking when they should be drinking. So it's, it's really important when it's hot out like this that you, that you give your horse electrolytes and that you give your horse electrolytes every single day. You don't necessarily want to wait until you have a super hot day or you work them really hard because the, the point of giving electrolytes daily is is to build up that reserve so that when they need it, they have it. And then, and, and if you're feeding them every day, then every day you're replenishing them. And you have, there's much less of a chance then of getting into trouble. But I have a couple interesting facts for you that I, that I looked up and I thought were pretty interesting. Horses that are working at a low intensity, so that's what a lot of people do, walk little walk, trot, and canter for an hour or so a day, they will lose five to 10 liters which is like one to two and a half gallons of fluid from sweating. That's crazy. If you're working a horse hard, they can lose up to 50 liters, which is 13 gallons of fluid. So, you know, your horses, I think the number, don't quote me on this, but I think it's like 85% water or something like that. So, I mean, if you, if you talk about, you think about losing that much water, if you don't replace that, it's really hard on your horse. And you could colic. Um, he can get muscle cramping and, and fatigue, tying up. It often happens if a horse becomes dehydrated. So it's really, really important to feed those electrolytes to your horses, to keep them drinking, and to replace those electrolytes so that his, the systems continue to work correctly. I think that's an important point about how the um, the salts in, inside of horses or people, you know, every every animal has to be in in balance right because you know even a, a little um imbalance ca- can cause a cascading effect of problems i i know that uh my wife meredith she's a small animal vet but um recently like a, a lot a lot of 
dogs have been coming in, you know, just being like yeah. in heat shock. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that's, it's a problem. It's a, it's a real right. problem, you know, for, for humans and for horses and for people and for dogs even too, you know, like, oh, I just, you know, we, we're just maintaining our normal, you know, our normal walks. And, and now my, my dog is in heat shock. How does that, you know, how does that happen? Well, you know, the, yeah. the, yeah, the, the salts are not in balance with the water and, and all of that. And then, and then you've got a problem. So uh, let's not, yeah, don't, don't wait until you have to, you know, call the vet out or something like that. Let's, you know, be proactive in these situations. And, and Karen, the quality of electrolytes really matters. I, I know this about myself. I, well, I, I've learned this recently because um, working with uh, Coach Tony and he changed the electrolyte I was using and it, it literally tastes like salt. <laughs> the other day I had one, it was watermelon salt and tastes like a salty Jolly Rancher. And I was like, that one tastes like a salty Jolly Rancher. But he's like, yeah. Some of the ones that are on the market are they're very they're so full of sugar for humans. So how does that work with horses? Because really the quality of electrolyte means matters, doesn't it? Absolutely. And it's the same thing. It's the same thing with horses. There's electrolytes out there. You want to look at the ingredient list. And if sugar is high up on the list, you want to walk away from that electrolyte. What you're looking for is sodium, chloride, potassium, magnesium. And then in our particular um, summer summer games electrolyte, we also put some trace minerals in. Typical trace minerals that are, that are often lost um, during sweating. But you certainly want to have those electrolytes in there, and you don't want it full of sugar. Now, why do why do manufacturers put sugar in there? Well, because the horses will eat it. Yeah. And so you can go out and you can buy a, a bucket of electrolyte. It's mostly sugar. You put it in the feed tub. Your horse is going to eat it. And you're thinking, this is great. My horse is eating it. But you really want to pay attention to what's on the label, and you want to be feeding electrolytes, not sugar. A lot of people ask me, well, my horse has salt. You know, isn't that enough? Well, salt only gives you sodium and chloride. And a horse typically won't eat enough salt on their own to replace the electrolytes that are lost if they're in a really hot and humid environment or if they're working really hard. They just can't take enough in fast enough. And then potassium, which is the other pretty important electrolyte, a lot of horses will get enough out of forage just to maintain potassium levels. But again, if you're working them really hard and they're losing 15, you know, if they're losing three, four, five gallons of fluid, there's electrolytes and salts in that fluid that they're losing. And they just can't replace it fast enough. They can't eat enough hay fast enough to replace it. So that's when the electrolytes come in handy. And that's why you want to give them every day. So you just keep a consistent amount going in. When your horse needs those extra reserves, it's there, and uh, it'll just it'll just keep your horse a whole lot healthier and happier. They'll feel better. And Karen, your summer games electrolytes. I mean, that has a pretty fun history, right? That product. Oh, it does. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, and I'm dating myself because no. <laughs> this was a long time ago. But in 1996, the the Olympics were held in Atlanta in the summer. And there was, I mean, I mean, the horse world, the researchers in the horse world just kind of lost their minds because I don't think it had ever been held any place where it was going to be that hot. Got it. And they were really, this is when they were really starting to understand um, heat stress. I don't know if you remember um, the long distance runners, the marathoners, um, the way the human marathoners, the way they used to come across the finish line in the Olympic marathons and just drop to the ground. I mean, they couldn't even get up because they were 
they were so dehydrated at that point and their electrolytes were so out of balance. So this was, this was something that was on the radar screen and um, of, of all the researchers, human and animal alike. So before the Olympic Games, I mean, they didn't want to have all these horses come here to the United States and, you know, be becoming sick at the end of um, cross country or the end of their jumping rounds or whatever they were doing. So they, they contracted out to do a bunch of, of, of research. And um, some of the research came our way, and it was research to see basically um, what horses lost in sweat. So we set up a bunch of trials um, where, we, where we worked these horses regularly, and we put them through on a treadmill, and we worked them at the same intensity that they would have um, going in an upper-level uh, upper cross-country event. Um, before we put them on the treadmill, we weighed them. We knew exactly how much water they drank and ate for the, for the 48 hours beforehand. So we knew everything that went into them and that was all tested. So we knew what, we knew what, uh, ingredient, what nutrients were in that. We put them on the treadmill. We collected, uh, as much of the sweat as we could. We had that sweat analyzed, we, you know, measured it. And basically the summer games electrolyte was formulated from that research. So it replenishes the critical electrolytes and trace minerals in the proper ratios based on what a horse actually loses when they're working. So, yeah, it was was pretty cool. And we developed that specifically for the 96 Olympic Games. That's what I thought. That's why it's called Summer Games. And I remember, I remember summer games. going yep. to the Summer Games. I remember <laughs> I was 16, not to date myself, but I was 16 and I just remember going and it was such an amazing event. And then I remember hearing the story and I was like, I was there and it was really hot. Um, it was and really hot. it was it's just a cool, cool story. I love it. Yeah. Well, that's where about- they developed all the cooling fans with the moisture yeah. running. They developed all of that during that time period. So all of that technology came out of the, uh, the Olympics coming to Atlanta in 1996. 1996. Pretty cool. It was so cool. I love it. Well, before we let you go, Karen, if we don't get an Oreo update, I think the whole group would be so mad. How is sweet Oreo? Oh, sweet Oreo is doing just wonderfully. He, um, he, he's just, he gets worked probably. Um, he does dressage two or three days a week, which he, he really loves. And in fact, you know, and the rest of the time we're, we're trail riding, um, and we do a lot of trotting out on the trail and, and different things. So we, and we do have a beautiful place. Oh, you would love it, Reese. It's a really nice flat field. And we do a lot of our transition and half halt works, uh, uh, across this field. He's kind of on the way home and he's very inspired to move forward. So it's really easy to get him round and forward and he does really pretty transitions because he's going home, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so it's fun because he's very animated when he's out there, you know, and I, he, he can be pretty lazy, but when I get him out there and I get him going, he's, he's like, Oh, this is fun. So it's nice to feel him really come up in his back and come around and underneath himself. And, and, uh, then he does, you know, he does pretty transitions. And then when I bring him back and I, I put him in the ring, he's just seems, he's just happy to be there and he's really willing to do whatever I want him to do. So this is working for him. He likes this schedule. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, and he, and you've been working hard to make him. We always tease if when he got a little chunky that he was a double stuffed Oreo. So you've been working yeah. hard on that, I think. <laughs> we do. He wears a muzzle all summer. He only goes out on grass for a certain number of hours, and the rest of the time he's in his dry lot. So he and he, he gets you know 
grass hay that does not have a lot of calories. Let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> so he's not a double stuffed Oreo. Well, I love it. Well, not a double thing. stuffed Oreo now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much for your time tonight. How can our listeners find you online if they have any more questions for you? Um, well, they can always go to kppusa.com. We have uh, an area in our website called Tips and Topics, and there's just tons and tons and tons of information in there on anything that has to do with horses and horse nutrition. Um, you can find me on Facebook. You can find us on Facebook at KPP, and you can leave direct messages there. Um, we don't always get those, but we also have an email address that comes up there. If you leave a message, you can email me directly at questions at kppusa.com. Um, and then you can call our office. 873-859-873-2974 anytime during the work week. And you can leave messages there. The girls will answer questions about products. And if they can't answer the question, they'll send it on to me. So happy to help in any way that, that folks need help. Thank you so much, Karen. Have a great night. You too. It's good to talk to you guys. Stay cool. If you have one or two horses or you have 20, 30 or more fly predators will make the difference between heavy infested fly problem or a no-fly zone. Balding Lab fly predators catching these flies before they become an issue. Well, for this month's Young Rider USDF show, we are so excited to have George Williams, USEF equestrian youth coach, high-performance performance and pathway development advisor, and Roberta Williams, she is the FEI Youth Committee Chairman for USDF, and they both have the history of young riders, and I'm thrilled to have them both on. Welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. Hi, <laughs> We're so happy to have you. So, George, I was going to start with, can you tell us a little bit about the history of the Young Rider Championships in the U.S.? Yeah. Um, well, it started, of course, as a, it's a continental championships. And it actually started as an eventing championships back, I believe, in the late 70s. And it moved around the country. But then in the very early 1980s, it moved to Temple Farms. And I think at that point, it really is when it started to grow and, and become a major event. And the dressage was added and then show jumping was added as well. And then it basically stayed at Temple Farms for for a number of years. Uh, and there were some years that it, um, at least one year in particular, it went to Bromont in Canada. And then there were a couple of years that it moved to Colorado to the horse park. Um, but I would say that the, the there were several individuals at Temple that were huge influences in, in making it happen. Um, primary, of course, is Howard Simpson, who was a member of the, um, married into the Temple Smith family. So he, he was part of the Temple Farms operations. But then there were others as well in that area uh, that were involved in the history of Mill Creek horse trials. And um, that's the portion, if you will, that grew into the eventing aspect. And so, um, and Temple Farms hosted that for a while on their farm. So they had, they had, um, they were able to offer all three disciplines. And it just continued to grow and, and uh, started as a young rider competition. And then uh, the juniors were added. And then as it has come into the, uh, whatever this is, the 21st century now, and, and <laughs> even more uh, more recently, um, in, the, in the jumpers, they started to add the children's division. 
And for next year, actually, we will be adding a children's division for the dressage as well. Uh, sadly, I think the eventing sort of um, has not uh, kept up with being able to have an FEI Continental Championships, uh, and that is no longer a part of it. So now it is just the show, just the show jumping, and the dressage. Um, and, and this year too, the new addition is the U25, right? This is the the first time that, that that's been offered. Yes, that's correct, and we're really excited to have the U25. That's uh, I think it's going to be, <clears throat> you know, it's one more opportunity for our U25 riders. It's a, a a little bit of a difficult division in the sense that it's such a, a transition from a young rider to uh, being able to do basically the Grand Prix. And I think this will really help us grow the sport. We have the U25 as part of the national championships and the Festival of Champions. Um, but I think by adding it to the uh, North American Youth Championships, uh, we're probably even more opportunities and, and, you know, they can come and be part of a team. And I think that is one of the major things about the NAYC is the team mm-hmm. experience. That is, you know, such a great thing for uh, us as, when I say us, the, the, myself as a youth coach and the other coaches mm-hmm. within USCF, um, it is such a great opportunity to uh, use it as an observation event and a talent scouting event uh, just to really see the, the younger riders coming into the Grand Prix level and, and just moving up through the level and uh, really to be able to uh, basically get them on the radar screen so that we hopefully can help guide them so they can really meet their goals. It's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. So Roberta, I want to bring you in the conversation as well, because you and George have been the power couple for young riders for many, many years. And you have been the chef and now you, you have been the managing director. I mean, you have done everything with young riders. So tell us how long have you been or, or not even how long, but when did you start kind of being involved with the program? Uh, Well, it was before I had gray hair. Yeah, <laughs> I think we gave you some gray hair. I just want to say, <laughs> probably my family in general, <laughs> we all, my, my group. Exactly. Gave us some gray hair. <laughs> uh, I hate to say, but it, uh, I started with it in the 80s. And so I've been involved with it for three decades. And, it, and it's, uh, time has gone quickly, it, quite quickly. And I yes, think that... <laughs> I have done, I mean, I have, I was the chief steward, I was regional coordinator, I have been a chef, I have sewn britches, uh, mm-hmm. put buttons back on dried tears. Patches, patches, I know you did yeah, patches. Patches, <laughs> yes, um, stood up to parents uh, when they were not really understanding what was going on. And um, I have to say, I still love doing this. It's, it's, you know, as much as I love riding and dressage is a passion, young riders is a real passion of mine. I, and I don't know. I'll have no hair by the time I'm finished. <laughs> <laughs> no judgment. I got the gray starting yeah. myself. So I get yeah. <laughs> So George, I just wanted to talk briefly about about the uh, location of this year's championships, and uh, you know how how does uh, how does the application to host the uh, the championships work? Um, well, it's done through a bid process. 
U.S. Equestrian puts out, you know, asks for bids for the the event for host to the event, um, and and there, so you know, several times one just went out because we're uh, this is the last year for Traverse City per the agreement, so they were were bidding for next year and the following years, um, and you know through that then of course it's a normal bid process where they where the the applicant puts in what they're, you know, the way they plan to present the, the competition. Uh, we, there is prize money within the jumpers. So that, that is a part of it. And they have to they have the amount of prize money, but also the arenas are going to use the venues are going to use, uh, whether it would be just one discipline, two disciplines, or would they consider adding eventing to it? So could it be three disciplines? Uh, so those are all th- options that they have. I think, you know, it, it, in choosing the venues, it becomes very, very difficult, if you will, because I think there are one, there are not that many venues that have that has to have availability during the summer. It's a FEI Continental Championships, a youth championships, so it has to be uh, during, quote unquote, during school breaks. So it is, you know, it's sort of. <laughs> it has a short window where it has to be held, and 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 then I think the the location is crucial because for me it's great having the jumpers there. So I like to think that we you know try to go with a venue that can offer at least the dressage and the jumpers, and uh, but you know then then that means we have to also look at what they're looking to get out of the competition and work what works for them. So. I think Traverse City has worked quite well. It's a very nice venue. It's able. It's large enough. It's able to host it, uh, and they're able to really meet all the requirements. So I think moving forward, uh, you know, as long as they're willing, which I believe they are, to do another couple of years, I think they they actually may be the ones that that get the the competition for the next couple of years. Um, but that's you know, it, it's really who comes forward, where the look. Does it work for both disciplines? And as I said, I mean, from from me at my point of view, I'm always trying to stress that we want to be with the jumpers. We want to make it a true, give it a true international feel. But it's also important to note that you know Canada could also put in an, an application because it really debates go then to the FEI. The ultimately the our federation, the U.S. puts forward to the FEI what the U.S. is bidding, but Canada could also do the same. Or Mexico, because it is the North American, and and it's not going to be so hot there. Yes, it's not. It's beautiful. Even even with the hottest day, I, was not that hot last year. I know, I know. So this year, I was thinking, oh my goodness, uh, how lucky are we that we're going yes. to Traverse City and it's not going to be a hundred bazillion degrees? It'll yes. be so much better for the horses. And it is nice. It's a it's a lovely town. There's things to do. Uh, it's a, it's a nice place for the championships. And so, Roberta, That's I was gonna beautiful. circle back. You right. know, I that about your vol- volunteerism, right, with the program because it is still volunteer run, isn't it? And I think that's important yes. for people to understand sort of, so what are some opportunities that people can have with with the programs and sort of helping in their area as they move forward? Well, uh, USDF has nine regions. So each region has a regional coordinator, and um, most of the regional coordinators have been doing it for several years. But the regional coordinators are always looking for people that will help with 
you know, uh, the most important help they need is for fundraising. Mm-hmm. And um, because trying to sponsor the teams to get to places like Traverse City, uh, the entries, the travel for the horses, you know, as beautiful as Traverse City is, it's a long way up into Michigan and it's mm-hmm. pretty expensive to get the horses there. So um, looking for people to help with that fundraising, you know, and even if it's just that one horse show where they might sell coffee uh, and mm-hmm. turn the profits over to their regional young rider fund. Um, that's one way of getting involved. Another way is uh, really through the GMO to see about helping to get together um, clinics for the kids, opportunities for the kids to ride. We USDF does do uh, regional clinics that are specifically for uh, youth that are looking to get into the pipeline, looking to be now that we have children's, you know, to do the children's. Uh, also ponies, juniors, young riders, and the U25. And so... You're seeing, this, you're seeing these kids for, for many years, you know, when they started. What 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 age does uh, children start? 12, 13? 12. Uh, 12. 12, 12. Yeah. 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 Um, so we've seen, yeah. A lot of years you could be there going. <laughs> you could be there a lot of years. <laughs> I think George and Roberta yeah, are still tired of seeing might be tired of it by the my end. face. Yeah. <laughs> right. You're tired of right. seeing the Coffle Girls face for sure. We're still around. I think Lindsay I can was. I tell you one 14. thing: we're not gonna we're we're not gonna include the vintage cup. That was. <laughs> <not. laughs> we're getting there. We're getting yeah. there. Now. Yeah. Families, families might want to be able to take another vacation instead of just going to Traverse City or going to NYC, wherever it is, each year <laughs> for ten years. Yeah. But you know, it yeah. is. I have to say, it is pretty cool when we see, um, for example, um, and and Reese, you'll probably remember them, Brooke and Kelly um, Irving yes. from Region Six. And these two girls, now they're women now, but their mom was the regional coordinator and they slept from Oregon to uh, Lexington, Virginia for young riders. They drove cross country and they had, I think it was an Appaloosa cross and didn't do too badly. And the girls started their own riding program out there in the Pacific Northwest and now their children are, uh, Brooke's daughter is on a Region 6 team going to Young Riders, I think, and also made it to the Festival of Champions. So, you know, we, we get to see the generations, you know, the mom, the daughters, and now the children of the daughters. That's, that's pretty cool. That's um, really cool. It's kind of special. special. Yeah. 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 That's really and, cool. and recently, actually... May I add, because when you're talking about the history that Roberta just touched on something that I think is really incredible about this program is that the FEI allows us, it's a you know North American championship, so three countries, but it allows the U.S. to send nine teams, so regional, each region can send a team. Canada could send teams from each province if it wanted to, and Mexico could do that as well. And that it's really, it's when the FBI gave us that permission to do that, which was really early on, 
that has allowed us as a country to really be able to focus on dressage throughout the whole country. You know, if you just have a competition where only one team can go, two teams can go, you would might end up pulling from, you know, one of the dressage hotspots of whatever it's Florida or, or California or somewhere, somewhere else. But this allows us really to focus on, uh, you know, be able to put focus on the Northwest, uh, Northeast, uh, Texas, wherever throughout the country, so that each region, I think we're able to really promote the sport. And that, to me, that's one of the things that makes it, makes it such a special competition yeah. that they allow us to do that. That's amazing. And, you know, yeah. just coming through the program, because I started when I was 16 in the program, well, younger, even 14, I started going to clinics um, and, yeah. and and doing. And so, you know, that was just a couple of years ago. But I mean, truly, that was, right. um, goodness, 30 years ago. And, and you know, our group now has also now become trainers and, and hopefully now are, um, we're all helping in USDF. And, and that truly is how it happens. And George, I can't wait till my little niece comes. George, George, That's very right. active in coaching me and my sister, coach my sister and how many young riders George's and you guys got many medals together uh and I, it'll be such a pleasure to bring our niece there and and uh if she she chooses you know so it's really it is an she's she? uh, just turned 10 we're going to our first oh. intro test we'll make sure you guys get a picture <laughs> but, uh, right. has yeah. a wonderful little pony called the rock and he's wonderful yeah. so Oh, very okay. Cool. So ponies, children, <laughs> children, and ponies. Children, ponies. Uh, I mean, we're just going to yeah, go to a local we show. We're, we're not putting pressure on. <laughs> no. well, so, uh, aqua yeah. I can see it all now. I have to see, Roberta, my sister's like you. I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like George. It's like whatever, whatever she feels up to, you know. <laughs> Lindsay's, my sister's got her boots. She's ready to go. So, uh, but it's wonderful. It's an amazing Great. program. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you can truly hear the passion in, in both of your voices on, on, on all this. And, and I can thank you as a participant and going up now and, and being able to, to see a little bit from being a chef last year of what this all takes. It's, it's truly an amazing event. And, um, you know, I, I, I saw all the young rider auctions on online and I bought stuff cause I know how hard it is to get up there right. and have that opportunity. Yeah. So I would love if you guys could both, if, if Roberta, if people want to get involved with the USDF youth committee, how can they find you online to do that? If they have any more questions, et cetera. All they need to do is go to the USDF website and uh, to find me specifically, you would go to the FEI Youth Committee, and it has a list of all of us. And uh, depending upon which region the person is in, they could contact the regional coordinator. Or uh, we have an absolutely wonderful liaison, Sarah yes. Delahante, that they can call. And she's new as of last year, but she has had a tremendous learning curve and is pretty helpful. But anybody, anybody on that um, website list, even if they don't know, you know, if they don't know the region they're in, they can just pick a name that sounds nice, <laughs> and somebody <laughs> will give them, you know, it's true. Have them information. Right. Yes. Yes. Fantastic. Yes. Everybody's pretty helpful, and there are no stupid questions. So um, we're ready for all of them and welcome everybody to who, who wants to get involved. I love it. And George, if, if people are interested in, in the U.S. equestrian youth program, how do they find you online for that? 
Um, they can find well, there, there are a couple of ways right now because they can find me through the USDF list of executive board members. Um, that's so my name is out there there in that manner. Um, but also, if they go to US Equestrian uh, org to their website, they should see the different programs that are offered, and they can either go through the staff member there that's listed on the program, or uh, or contact the staff and they will put them you know put them in touch with me as well um but i think my 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 contact information is definitely out there it's definitely as i said stuff out there on the uscf or usdf sorry but it's also uh uscf as well fantastic well we can't thank you both enough this was such a fun discussion on young riders and we wish everyone such good luck this this week and also on their break and then to festival it's such a cool thing that they get to do both because when i was young uh you know it was at gladstone and it was a lot harder kind of to get there than it is now i think or it was the timing i don't remember but it was harder and and now i love it that it's it's a little bit more user-friendly so we can't thank you both enough for all that you do for our sport Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. Well, and I would you, like, before you, I would love to give a big shout out and thanks to the organizers when they asked about the venues. The, the, the organizers have to be very enthusiastic about youth and the program and wanting to promote it. And that's, that is so positive. And then, you know, it's like a lot of these events, it takes a lot of volunteers. So we have a huge thank you to all the volunteers that help make it work. I love it. Well, thank that's you both fun. so much for your time. Yeah. This is awesome. No, thank, thank you so you. much. Right. Well, as always, everyone, please send us your email and Facebook shout outs. We love them and we enjoy the content and and getting answers to those questions. So keep them coming. The United States Dressage Federation is your connection to dressage education, competition, and achievement. Visit usdf.org for more information. That's www.usdf.org, the online destination for dressage. You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our page at horseradionetwork.com. Just search Dressage Radio Show. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. I think the best way to find me is probably through Facebook or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a good show. If you'd like to support our show and the Horse Radio Network, you can do that through the auditor program found at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we will talk to you next week.